and welcome to Uncorked in Conversation. It's your girl Elle. Hey, everybody. It is, it's wine o'clock, as I always say. And I'm here with co-host Paulette and April. Cheers, ladies. Cheers. <laughs> clink, 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 clink. That's it. <laughs> We are missing, we are missing co-host Sarita. It is her birthday today, so she's showing off. Oh, way off. Way, way off. off. She's so off, she's not even here. <laughs> so she's turning up right now, but we're still very excited about tonight's show because this is another installment of our episodes for April is National Poetry Month. I am very excited that we have author, poet, and podcaster Tenise here with us tonight. Tenise, hello, cheers to you. Hello and cheers to you lovely ladies and thank you so much for having me. I'm so looking forward to this and I'm so excited. So I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Wonderful. We're, we're so happy you're here. We normally each have some type of beverage, whether it be wine. Uncorked is normally, we normally have wine. However, we can have any beverage of our choice. Didn't know if you brought one, but I'm going to go around the horn and find out what we're each uncorking on if we chose to uncork tonight. So Paulette, you're first. Uh, well, I'm back to water. <laughs> Gonna be a good girl. I'm gonna do water. Yes, yes, I'm doing water. That's blasphemous. This is blasphemous. Well, what you drank, girl? Well, you guys know that I'm on a diet. Oh Lord! So Here I'm drinking my. <laughs> I'm drinking my diet wine, oh. which is which is prosecco. It is half the calories of Chardonnay. So I need to do an advertisement. You should. Prosecco. <laughs> it's the half the calories of Chardonnay. <laughs> That's the body good. <laughs> is it really? Or we just it is. No, it is. No, it is. seriously. Seriously. I drink Chardonnay. It Chardonnay, a glass of Chardonnay is like 130 calories, mm -hmm. but Prosecco is only like 60 to 70. So I'm that's actually good. cutting it quite a bit. I yeah, am really doing my body a favor just by switching, you know, a varietal of wine, mm -hmm. a sparkling wine. So I guess it doesn't have as much sugar as a yeah, Chardonnay so. or red wine mm -hmm. would have. But 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 funny thing is champagne is more than a Chardonnay. So you're okay. thinking it's more like 180 calories oh, versus wow. Prosecco, which only like 60, 70 calories. Oh wow. Okay. This I is my diet wine. Hi there, friends. It's your girl L, and I'm here to give you the tea on Newsly. Newsly is an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. It picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time ever, the entire web becomes listenable all in one place. Browse articles from topics that you choose, including sports, science, Bitcoin, and you can even keep up with the Kardashians. 
They have digital radio and guess what? Podcasts. Explore trending podcasts from over 80 countries, including yours truly, Uncorked in Conversation. Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me or from the link in our description. Use promo code UNCORKED and receive a one-month free premium subscription. Download Newsly now. You'll be glad you did. Wow. I learned something new today. I said I learned something new. <laughs> I learned something new. Um, so I, uh, my daughter is, uh, what can I, how can I put her? She's a, what they call them, uh, um, a mixologist. She makes drinks. Okay. So um, for tonight, she made me a concoction of a mixed drink. And I like frozen slushy types of drinks. So uh, she's in there preparing it. So she's going to bring it to me in a minute. Oh, oh, well, she need to bring it on out. Yes, service. All right. So she's going to bring that concoction out in a few minutes. So she's making it for her, me. Her daughter is a concierge. Yeah, I tell you. I tell you. Um, she's, um, she's gearing up to this. The summer months is coming up and she's about to be getting back out. So she'll, she makes them and she puts them in these pouches and she sells like drinks to go. Mm-hmm. Oh, neato. That's my favorite thing. Drinks oh, wow. to go. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that is cool. <laughs> drinks to go. That'd be great. Wait, where do you live? You're in Maryland. I'm in Maryland. Oxen You're in Maryland. Maryland. That's right. Oh, Oxen Hill, Maryland. When we travel. When okay. we travel, <laughs> yes. Paulette, when she goes to see her son, we can all go. We come in. Yes. Okay. Yes. Your son is here in Maryland? Largo. Oh, okay. That's not too far from me. Yeah. All right. Yes. There's this new crab place I want to try up there. I think it's by a woman. I think it's called Crab Balls or something like that. Yeah, the, crab the crab cakes I saw on TikTok were like, I'm like, yes, I got to go there. Yeah, I haven't been there. I've heard about it, but I haven't ventured out there yet. I plan on going. Yeah. Girls trip. Yes. (laughs) Yes. We were there Christmas. We were. We were in National Harbor. We were there. I am five minutes away from National Harbor. Girl, you gotta hang with us. We were at the Gilbert. Yes. Yeah. All right. So yeah, we 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 know what to do next time. We're gonna hit you up. Please yes. do. You can have your door to give us some pouches. That's all right. <laughs> we can get together, go happy hour, we'll do something. I'm yeah. all for it. I love to um when visitors come, when I have people come, I love to take them out and show the city office oh. the city. Oh, nice. It is. Yeah. All right. Sound like an invitation. This, yes, yes. This is exciting. We made a new friend. Yes. yes. And line dancing. Blink, There's blink, a lot blink, of line blink. dancing groups up there, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Paulette got me into line dancing. So we're always going to events and such. So, yeah. Well, she's always going. I've been to a couple. Okay. I've been to a couple, too. Well, yeah. one. And I love line dancing. It's just that I don't know how to do it. And I keep saying, I'm going to take some classes. I'm going to take some courses. Just haven't gotten around to it yet. Well, Paulette can send you. They all on YouTube, girl. All the dancers are on YouTube. We're going to send you some stuff. Okay. You got it. All you got to do is pr- yeah. they teach you how to do the dances. It's instruction. Okay. So you can learn all of them, honey. 
okay. And learn yes, at your ma'am. own pace. At your own pace. That's what I do. Yep. Take so. your time and just practice it over and over again. Yep. I be in here trying to do TikToks like that. Yeah. I'm like, let me see. My body don't even twist that way no more. <laughs> we know the feeling. <laughs> We're going to jump in yeah. in a second, but I'm with Paulette. I'm doing water. I've got Aquafina tonight Ooh. because I, I, I'm not that I'm not that lame. Paulette's lame, but I'm not that lame. <laughs> but um, I had a liquid lunch, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, with your BFF. There you go. Got to talk about that again. Ugh. We're not going there. But I had, I had oyster shooters, Denise, today. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was my first time having them. I had never had them before. Pretty good. Good. Love them. Love, I think they're my new favorite thing. My old favorite thing was valet parking. It was my favorite oh. thing in the entire world. My okay. new favorite thing is oyster shooters with valet parking being in a close second. Help <laughs> <laughs> <Okay. laughs> it! Okay. Help this child, Lord. <laughs> oh, gosh. So tell us what this oyster shooters are. Oyster shooters are a little shot glass with a whole oyster, a whole fresh oyster. And it's inside of either a shot of vodka or a shot of beer. That's how this place serves it, either or. And you get it, you douse it with a little hot sauce and throw it back. Delicious. Delicious. Yes. Now, if you don't like oysters, I don't know what to tell you. But I love them. I can swallow them whole. I love them. I love them. Mm-hmm. That's me and Paulette's thing. Me and Paulette go out for fresh oysters. That's our thing. Okay. Yeah. Now, do you eat fresh yeah. oysters? Do you like oysters? Me? Tanise, yeah. No. They too okay. slimy for me. I can't. They're slimy. I can't. Yeah. All I know is that me and Tanise. We mm-hmm. are the same tonight. We're the only one who's drinking, and we're the only ones that do not care for oysters. <laughs> we say. Too funny. Too funny. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. <laughs> but we're going to kick into our show tonight. As we get started, I first want to introduce Denise to our listeners. Um, as you guys know, as I said earlier, this is our next installment in our April is National Poetry Month series. And we've got Tanise, who is a passionate and prolific poet. She is an aspiring author and the host of Life, Love, and All of the Above podcast show. Tanise works with licensed professional counselors, relationship slash life coaches, authors, and anyone who has a testimony or story to share to motivate and empower people to become a better version of themselves. Denise is preparing to release her debut book, Pieces of Me, a collection of poetry of a woman's journey to overcome trials, tribulations, and learning how to simply be, oh, learning how to simply be, yes. When I read that earlier, I was like, yes, I love that. Denise, welcome once again. Thank cheers you. to you. Cheers, cheers, cheers. And I love it. What a talented lady you are to be a poet, author, and podcast coach, and just an endearing lady. You're a very charming lady. Y'all will want to meet Denise. We've made a new friend. <laughs> Denise, I, I love um, you know, the your 
your why, if you will, your reason for um, wanting to inspire others. And if you would, I'm, I'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit, tell our listeners about your podcast, uh, what it's called, where we can find it, and how you got started podcasting. Okay. So um, my podcast is um, Life, Love, and All of the Above. And we talk about all kinds of topics. We talk about finances. We talk about love. We talk about um, relationships, intimacy, anything and everything under the sun is what we talk about. We're new to the podcast world. So we're like three months in and my cousin and I, um, over the pandemic, when things were shut down, we were talking about things that we've gone through and how we felt like we had a calling to give back, to be of service to others. Mm-hmm. And we decided to try to come together and um, tackle issues that affect our culture, um, issues that we can have people come on and give little tidbits or provide information to a person that may be going through something who may not necessarily want to feel like they're crazy because there's such a stigma around mental health. So when you say counselor or therapist or psychologist, people have a tendency to back off, especially mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. people, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. if you put it in a different format, you get different results. You might get somebody who has been a victim of sexual abuse listening. And there's somebody on our podcast that can say, hey, you know, this is what you can do. Here's some resources. Here's some information. And, and by all means, you can reach out to us. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a survivor of sexual abuse. Um, mm-hmm. I was molested. I'm sorry. Just take your time, Dan. Take your time. It's all right. Okay. So I was sexually molested when I was young. Um, And it changed my whole life. And all my life, I've been angry and Mm -hmm. mad and Mm -hmm. felt less than. And it wasn't until recently that I really decided to try to get help and begin to heal. And what I'm learning is that healing is a lifelong journey. Kind of like um, people that are addicted to drugs, you know, Mm -hmm. they go to AA or NA, um, Narcotics Anonymous or Alcoholics Anonymous, and they're assigned um, mentors or coaches to be Mm -hmm. with them through their journey. Mm -hmm. And these are not always licensed professionals or whatever. It's just somebody that has been where they at in that stage in their life. Mm-hmm. And that's what we would like to propose to people. So we want to tackle the issues. We want to just be of service and help. I love that. I love I like it. that too. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's incredibly, incredibly powerful. And you're so right about the stigma we did um, a series on mental health. One, one week we did men's mental health and another week we did women's mental health. Each time we had a mental health professional on. And we both talked about the stigma, especially among African-Americans, exactly. because we don't want, there's, you know, we can be sick, we can have high blood pressure, we can have diabetes, but we can't say that we've got any anything mentally or emotionally or it, wrong exactly. and 
Mm-hmm. That is the same as any other kind of illness, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it, it takes treatment. You, you go through recovery. There's right. an ongoing healing. You have to heal and nurture and care for your emotional well-being, your emotional self, right. just as much as you do your physical self. Because right. one thing about it, if you don't, that emotional stuff is going to start to affect you physically. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's really all connected. Right. Yeah, the mental, emotional manifests in physical ways. So Mm -hmm. it's it's because it's all connected. Mental and physical, spiritual aspect of yourself because it's self, it's you. It's all intertwined and all affects one another. So when one is deficient, it'll find its way into other areas of yourself. So um, I commend you on wanting to help people as you have helped yourself your journey has you have helped yourself and giving them a way that it's they're not alone in whatever it is that they're feeling Mm -hmm. that they're not alone and that you can have them have a place where they can talk and provide a safe place for them to talk Mm -hmm. and provide resources for them to go to help them through that process so I think what you're doing is very important. I know that you're only three months in, but I think that as you grow, you will find that you will find your footing. Yeah. You will find your footing because this is a necessary need to let people know that they can go somewhere to be understood, you know, and, and validated that what they're feeling is real. And that, because that's the stigma that African Americans face is that, oh, what you, it's, they downplay it so bad. Oh, no, that's nothing. Oh, you're not crazy. You don't need to see anybody. Just get over it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's what presents to us as though that is, but we can't, we can't move when we're so immobilized with that stigma. So I think what you're doing, you know, I'm not talking a lot because I think this um, sure. no, no, Prosecco is kicking it's, in. It's good. But no, it's, it's, no. it's beautiful. And, and I'm there with yeah. you, April. I, just my question is, what brought you to the point that you finally realized that you needed to get some help so you wouldn't be angry and all of that kind of stuff? What happened in your life to make you go there? My daughter. Um, your daughter? My daughter, um, my daughter is, she's now 22, but at the time she was, I'm going to say she was like ninth grade, maybe mm-hmm. tenth grade. And she was, we were having these issues and mm-hmm. because I was always so angry and mad um, and with her being the youngest and the last one at home, because my my middle child was gone away to college and my oldest daughter had moved out, moved on. She was feeling um, unloved. Okay. Right. And um, the critical point came when she had wrote me a letter. Oh, wow. And in the letter, she talked about how she was feeling and how she felt like she couldn't talk to me because... Yeah. I was always angry and mad and that mm. she wanted to kill herself. Oh, oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. Jesus, I'm sorry. 
It's okay. And that was all because she couldn't talk to you. I would say the only good thing about that is because she put that in a letter. So she was still able to express to her, even though how critical state that she was in, that she did send you or give you that opportunity to herself in wow. a way that you normally would not have been able to receive it unless she was there because both of you actually was in a state that you mm-hmm. you couldn't hear her because you're so angry and she couldn't talk to you you she could not be heard because she was feeling what she was feeling right. and even though that letter probably changed the dynamics of your relationship it changed the dynamics of relationship yeah yeah because she realized she had to do something that she she couldn't do it by herself anymore right. wow see mm-hmm. what, what i actually found out after we really sat down to talk she had actually attempted it just did not work oh, oh my, my gosh god oh my god mm-hmm. i thank god that she's here i embraced her i told her how much i loved her i told her i was sorry um and that it would you know I would be a better mother and then it made me really look at myself and not just how I had been raising her but the other ones as well because the the anger that was in me and it was the least little thing and I would blow up Mm. I had been struggling because again I didn't get any help you know, after the offense occurred, I got up, I went home, and the next day just went on. I didn't know who to talk to, how to talk about it. So mm-hmm. it stayed in me, bottled up. And emotionally, I wasn't right. Mentally, I wasn't right. And I felt unworthy. And because mm-hmm. I had a relationship with my mom, that I couldn't really talk to her because for one, I was being what she considered fast. I was like 13 years old and I was already told you can't have no boyfriends. You're too young to have a boyfriend, that type of stuff. So I'm out sneaking around. Exactly. Right. So um, I just, I grew and things just changed everything. So I was always angry. They could leave a top off the milk or a sock on the floor door and I would just go from zero to a hundred like that. Wow. And, and it wasn't even about the milk. It wasn't, it wasn't even about, about the milk or about them or okay. anything else because it just, you know, some things act as a ripple effect. The sexual abuse was the catalyst. But there were mm-hmm. other things mm-hmm. that happened after mm-hmm. that. Um, failed, one failed relationship after another, right? Um having a low self-esteem, not feeling worthy, not even liking myself. Mm -hmm. When when I looked in the mirror, I could not stand what I saw looking back at me. Mm. So it was just a lot. And I had to, in order to save my daughter, I had to do something. Mm -hmm. Wow. I had to I had to get my life in order. Mm-hmm. I had to become more of a loving mother mm-hmm. to her. I had to be open to be able to receive whatever challenges and issues she was going through as a teenager because mm-hmm. it's not yeah. 
and mm-hmm. not having someone um, that you feel like you could talk to to help navigate it without being screamed at or fussed at. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. And if it you, is a lot. You know, and if the one person that's supposed to protect her was right. the one person, not knowingly, but was the one person that was hurting her. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it's interesting because you mentioned that the sexual abuse for you was the catalyst that created a ripple effect in your life. Um, and w- one thing that, that stood out to me that you said that caught my ear, because I used to hear this a lot. I myself was also sexually abused and at a very young age, um, starting at the age of three. And it was for a number of years and it was a family member. And um, I don't talk about it a lot. I, I kind of... Uh, I don't know, compartmentalized it in many ways growing up. Yeah. So when, when you are so open to share your experience, first of all, just thank you for the transparency, for being vulnerable and able to just talk about that. That's, it's a tough thing. So I can completely understand the emotional feeling behind it. You mentioned that your, your mother saw you as being fast. You know, if our mothers or our, our older women that were responsible for us coming up, if they could have recognized that there was something broken in us that, it, that impacted us and caused us to be fast, you know, if they could have talked to us about that and gotten out of us what is wrong, seeing it as something wrong rather than seeing it as something we're doing wrong. Because right. then at that point, you decided to be sneaky because no one wants to be called fast. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want to hear that. So because whatever is broken in us is broken, that feeling of, of worthlessness that we, we have is not being addressed. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, we're, right. we're being condemned for it. We've right. already gone through this horrible trauma. Right. 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 And then now we're being condemned for the collateral that damage. Out of, out of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. You know. And that's so, just uh, sitting in, sitting in our history of, of yeah. the way that we were brought up. You know, you don't talk about those type of things. You know, you deal with it in the house. And, and I think Tyler Perry in his, in his, um, uh, plays when he talks about that is just the ultimate thing because if you don't talk about it how do you break the cycle exactly. absolutely exactly. how do you break the cycle if you don't talk that's right and it becomes like it, it becomes almost accepted especially when that type of behavior has been done before maybe you know your mother grandmother has already experienced that and yeah. because they dealt with it in the way that they dealt with it, therefore, here comes you and you're like, hey, this happened to me. Oh, deal with it because I did. So mm-hmm. they perpetuate that mentality, like just deal with it. Mm-hmm. Don't talk about it because this is a secret. Therefore, mm-hmm. it stays where it is. Right. But and, it's and- eating you inside yeah. and mm-hmm. out. And there's something unhealed in them. Because please understand, I'm not blaming those ladies that have been our our overseers. Because they're in survival mode. That's why. They're protecting you because that's how they survive and be able to live as they are. So they figure if I can do it, I'm strong enough to do it. You can do it. But it's not really a strength. It's really a weakness. Right. Right. Yeah. 
Right. It's something that needs on. to be fixed. And you know what? You mentioned, April, you know, the whole idea of kind of sweeping it under the rug. And here's something that bothers me. But I've just heard millennials really start to be so vocal about this thing because now it's a lot more acceptable to talk about um, past sexual abuse. But if we could normalize not telling our daughters, you can't wear shorts when Mr. Such and Such comes over because we know Mr. Such and Such ain't right. No, Mr. Mm. Such and Such don't need to be in our house. Exactly. They don't need to come over. Right. And if we're friends with Mr. Such and Such, we need to be telling him, you don't touch little girls. That's right. That's right. You know? I'm sorry. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. We touch Linda tonight. Touch Linda. <laughs> Girl, that just—that is a trigger for me, you know. And it wasn't until I heard someone complain about it on social media because I've been told this all my life. You, wow. you don't wear short, don't wear nothing too short. Don't wear this. Don't wear, uh. that is your fault. It's right. your fault that if you were if you were fault. to do those things. Right. If you wear those short things and short dresses and you looking loose, that's your fault. Not the fact that the guy is a freaking pedophile and he's he's trying to touch you or molest you right. it's their fault but you're still letting this person come around your young daughter and sometimes men mm-hmm. boys okay right. you're still That's allowing right. that environment into it's supposed to be a safe place your home mm-hmm. and not your only family. are you allowing them but you're blaming your child that's what I'm saying. You, you, in this safe place, your child is not safe. It doesn't right. give them security. Right. And so you blaming this child to act and be a certain kind of way just to appease this person over here. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's where, that's where we falter. That's right. Exactly. Or you tell them to go upstairs and stay in your room and you can't come down until they're gone. No, they need not to be nowhere near. I don't know if you're within 10 feet. Why are you dealing with this character? Right. Yeah. And I don't care if he's uncle, brother, cousin, who he is. Somebody needs to be checking him because it's not okay. And we should not be allowing, we just shouldn't be allowing them to be around. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad that, you know, back in the day, I think they called it referred to this being taboo. So they capped that whole lid on that. So yep. I'm glad they took the lid off and let it all out so yes. that the, the dynamics of it all can change. So now if Uncle Tim do touch you, you know, you know, come t- you, the child now knows come and tell me and we're going to do something where I'll either that your daddy going to get Uncle Tim or the police going to get Uncle Tim, but somebody going to get Uncle Tim. Uncle exactly. Tim. Yeah. Right. Yes. right. Exactly. Yep. Yes. Yeah. There's consequences and repercussions exactly. to exactly. any action, especially that. Wow. You shared some, some uh, quite a bit of, of information with us about, you know, your evolution and, and what you've come from to, to, be where you are. And, and speaking of your book, Pieces of Me, this is your debut uh, book. It sounds like it's personally inspired, a personally inspired work. If you would talk a little bit about that, talk about the, the you know, the trials that you have, other trials that you've made it through or anything else that you've used to incorporate into this work to, that, that you were able to breathe through to bring to life in this work. Okay. So um, as I stated, it, it is personal. Um, mm-hmm. 
after I was abused and I went through a period of darkness that I always call it the darkness, the darkness set in. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this thing that, you know, God will take what's meant to destroy you and he'll turn around and make it for your good. Mm-hmm. Because I had no one to talk to. I didn't know where to go, or how to reach out. Mm-hmm. What was going on inside of me began to come out in words. Mm-hmm. So I, I've been writing poetry for a long time, right? Um, I would cry and write, cry and write. And I was in a space sometimes after I would finish writing and I'd look at what I wrote and I would be like, oh my goodness, that came out of me. Mm-hmm. Right? So, and everything was always so sad. But that's because that's what was in me. In, in you, yeah. Exactly. And so um, over the years, I had been writing. But honestly, because I didn't feel like I was good or um, even up to par with other poets or whatever, I wouldn't share it with anybody. I would write it. And I had a few select friends. Um, and this was way before typewriters and computers. So I, I got a, had a notebook full of poems and I would let my friends read it and they would all be like oh that is beautiful that is this that is that I know one one girlfriend of mine even said um I reminded her of a, a Maya Angela or something like that okay right? that's an nice. ultimate compliment uh, yeah. amen yes <laughs> like I said I was young so um After that, you know, some of the other things that I went through because of it, it were the choices that I made. And it was the choices that I made because I was in survival mode and I was always feeling a way I felt grateful if anybody just looked at me or if I had friends. So I went through this period of attaching myself to the wrong people. And in doing so, these people would hurt me. They would use me. And when I say hurt, it was more of a a mental or a psychological Mm -hmm. thing, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing Mm -hmm. physical, but Mm -hmm. like even friends. I had friends where I would give money to and I would give them the keys to my car, let them drive my car, watch their kids for them. But when the time came and I needed a car because my car was broke down or I needed to borrow money for gas. Now, mind you, I, I didn't have it, but I, if I had $10 and you say you need five, I'm going to give you five of my mm-hmm. These things didn't come back and I will always feel, I can't even describe how I would feel, but I would just always feel like I was unaccepted maybe. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, my girlfriend kind of was, was talking to me and I, She's my best friend. We've been friends forever. And she said, you have to stop being a people pleaser. I didn't see it then as being a people pleaser because I didn't know what I wanted was for them to like me and I wanted them to accept me. So I was doing any and everything that I could do for that, right? Mm -hmm. So um, not going to school because I always... When I began writing, and like I said, my writing came out of darkness, the stories, the poems, I realized I had a gift, a God-given gift. Mm-hmm. So 
in my mind, I was going to go to school. I was going to go to college and I was going to write sitcoms and movies and plays. And I was going to have all this money and live in Hollywood and have a bunch of kids with nannies to take care of. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That was my dream. Okay. Nice dream. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> dream I realized. Okay. End up uh, messing with a knucklehead. Um, got been there. Yeah, got pregnant. Um, been there. At an early age, I was 19, fresh out of high school. And boom, all my dreams of college and becoming a journalist and getting my degree and fine arts just disappeared because now I have a baby to take care of. Mm-hmm. I had to get a job take care and support this baby. So that's another hurt, another disappointment, another um, strike to why I'm angry. Because now I feel like I can't even live, you know, my dreams out because I made another, not that my child was a mistake because she's the best thing that ever happened to me, right? She may have been my lifeline back then because even then I was still feeling unloved. And I used to think if only I just had somebody that could love me the way I love them unconditionally. Mm-hmm. And voila. So I think in ways God answered my prayers because now I have my own baby doll that I could love on. And of course, she would always love me back. Yes. Right, right. Wow. And, you know, I hear you. It's such a familiar sounding experience. I feel like we're programmed sometimes because we've got this order of life that we're supposed to follow. Right. Mm -hmm. And in our minds, although your child is not a mistake in any way, but in your mind, there was some sort of failure there or at least an interruption, something Mm -hmm. that says I can't fulfill my dream because I interrupted the flow of life by having a baby. And that is so untrue. I hate that we're programmed. Our generation was programmed to believe that. We can absolutely continue to follow our dreams. It may look different. You might have to write a poem a week, a poem a month, whatever, but you can still live that dream and be a great mother to your child. Mm -hmm. So I hate that we get programmed that way and that we sacrifice our gift, but you came full circle because you didn't let it die on the vine. Exactly. It was still there very much in me. Um, I do regret though, because I've spent like the last year or two because I had a notebook and I had started the process processes of um, typing them in, onto a computer so that I can have them electronically. Mm-hmm. And I can't find my notebook. So a lot of my earlier pieces that I had, I don't even have anymore. Oh, no. So like, oh, my gosh. So, but it's okay. Um Hopefully, eventually, they'll turn up. And turn up. I have, um, my daughter has a dog, and I had a little thumb drive. So, like I said, I would have begun, um, take, I would take the notebook to work, mm-hmm. and at lunch, I would type a poem, and I'd save it to the thumb drive, and I would type and save, and I came home one day, and the dog had the thumb drive in her mouth. Oh, uh-uh. Lord. There it is. There it is. 
Oh, no. We, we off. I was done. I was through. And I was like, oh my God. So I went back to work and I took it to the IT person. And I was like, can you please try to get the um, information? See what you can do to get the stuff off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Wow. Now, how old were you when you first started writing poetry? 13. 13. So that was embedded in you for a long time. That was embedded in you when you were born that like you said that was a gift mm -hmm. and circumstances allow you to be at a point where you can write mm -hmm. so even though yeah. there were dark circumstances for you if it had not happened you right. would not be able to write the way that you do right right and maybe some of that earlier work that you lost maybe there was a reason for you to lose it I mean, it, you you were saying that you had the anger and it was a dark time, not saying it wasn't beautiful work. I'm not saying that, but maybe something is in there that it, it was meant to be, you know, it was, gone. It was, right. it was just, because like, like I said, when I used to write it, I would write it in a notebook and take it to my friends, just let them read it. And I think the very last time I shared with a friend, and it's so, it's so funny because now that I look back on that stuff, I realize, you know, now we say things like, um, before it was sticks and stones may break my bones, but words when now you know words have power and words can. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. so um the very last time I shared with my friends, I had given the the poem to my girlfriend. And I was like, so she didn't respond. Normally, was like, girl, this is that. This they would give me that, and I, I needed that. I needed mm -hmm. to hear that to help me. I needed. It was like a fuel to validate mm -hmm. some shape, form, or fashion. So I was like, well, what's wrong? You don't like it? She was like, yeah, but everything is just so sad. Oh, mm. yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. And and you probably I, I, didn't realize. Yeah. Yeah, because for you that was just a way of expressing yourself, even mm -hmm. though it was beautiful work. It was a way of expressing expressing yourself. So let's put it into this perspective. Let's say that now you cannot find it, mm -hmm. but there will be a time where it will turn up. But it has served its place, not a place where it needs to be surfaced to the public. Right. but a place where you were able to just define yourself mm -hmm. at that particular time. Yeah. And so no, now it's no longer needed because right. it served its purpose. So right. now if you were to look over those same poems, you want to be like, wow, I felt like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. It's just a place of growth for you. Right. You know, and I'm glad you mentioned that, April, because I used to journal. I used to journal a lot. However, I would never go back and read it mm. for a couple of reasons. Um, one, it's hard to read my handwriting once it gets dry anyway. <laughs> That's why I like to type stuff, but I didn't want any of that stuff on a computer. However, the, the second reason is because I know I wasn't in a good place. I know that I was confused. I know I was trying to find myself. I knew I, I, I was writing things about not feeling um, wanted, not feeling love, not feeling beautiful, not feeling like I'm worth anything to anybody, you know, and, and just doing some reckless things. So 
I didn't want to go back and read that. Mm. Yeah. Because there was emotion yeah. for you. It's a place that you just didn't want to visit because, you know, that's, you know, pull you into a place that you don't want to go to. So mm -hmm. I get that. But I tell you this, I write myself and mm. um, for myself as expression, but I've been doing that since, I don't know, 10, 15 years. But anyway, I transfer a lot of my information into this book about two years ago, 2020, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I put all my information that I collected in the past few years, and then I couldn't find it. Mm. Two years, mm. I, I looked everywhere because I'm like, this is my stuff. I need it because it was my spiritual stuff. Right. It wasn't, um, it was everything that I had. Just wow. last month, I found it. Wow. wow. Just yeah. last month, I found yeah. it. And like you, Paulette, I started thumbing through some of the things that I wrote. And I'm like, wow, I, I wrote that. But there was a lot that I was like, I can't believe I wrote that. I don't really want to go there. But I did it anyway. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I did it anyway. And I'm like, oh, wow. And so I ref it, it gave me a place of reflection to like where I was and, and where I am now. So yeah. I think it will turn up, but you're going to look at it differently. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you've grown since the time you yeah. wrote all yeah, right. Like the old journals that I have right now, I, I, I have not. I, I said that I was gonna do like a whole ritual thing and burn them and all that kind of stuff. I just haven't gotten to it yet. But I'm oh, not gonna. Back it. I'm that's not. I'm idea. not gonna. I'm not gonna read them. I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of ritualistic. I kind of like that. That burning, yeah. you know, kind of. Yeah, I want. I want to let it go. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because it. 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 it not so much what's in it anymore because I'm I'm at a different place that I, I'm accountable for the stuff that's in it. I know what's in it. Mm -hmm. Um, but with somebody else invading that space, right? I don't want to read it anymore because it was everything that was in it was twisted around to, to what it wasn't what it wasn't. <laughs> you know, it's 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 amazing people amaze me sometimes because I, I can I can see clearly now people amaze me how manipulative they can be <laughs> of course they don't see it in themselves how they can twist your mind around your own words around to be something that it's not mm -hmm. you know I'm a stronger person now to 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 actually battle with that if I need to when it comes to me Mm -hmm. um but just to see it and then you still in the presence of this person and you can see they haven't changed and you have you know it's right. just you pick your battles of course right. you know right. however just to and then you can see it in other people how that whoa 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 whoa, whoa. so you're just manipulating i'm just gonna sit here and watch and see if this person's gonna let you because you're not gonna get in exactly you know? <laughs> but that's but that's that's a that's abuse Yes. Yeah. That's mental is. abuse. It is. Yes, it is. You know? And 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 to get help for that, it's just you really have to be in a place like everybody we've talked to talked to, you know, about their situations and things happen. That's why I asked that question. What made you want to get help? Because I know in my situation, I know I had to because I, I felt stuck. I felt trapped. And I had to get some help to get me 
out of it. I still didn't make all good decisions. We don't because we got to learn from them. But there's always it's like I hate to say you hit rock bottom, but yeah, you know, for lack of a better word, that's kind of what it is when you realize you can't do it, you know, for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's the greatest. That's the and if point. it has to be, you know, uh, if it's not going to be a therapist, if it's a life coach, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> I don't care. Talk Girl, to someone. Care. My Let's best talk therapy. To someone. My best therapy comes from y'all and my other best friend, Kim. But yes, I'm still serious. My friends are, because I can, first of all, I've known these ladies so long and I'm real crazy and they just accept it. Like it's okay. They accept all of me, flaws and all. All of her, all of her. Yeah, every, yeah, all of it. But you know what's funny? I don't, I, for a long time, I didn't think my friends actually accepted me and all my flaws. Right, right, yeah. You, and you have some friends that are like that. Like, I think I had one friend who almost saw me as like a project, like I'm gonna help her, right? Oh. And it was, I mean, she was beautiful soul, but I always felt like, she saw me as like her project. Like wow. if we were to go out, granted, you know, I had children um, and, you know, I took a job. It wasn't a career, but I took a job so that mm-hmm. I could pay bills so that I could be able to take care of my kids. So right. there was a period of my life where they could go travel and hang out and do stuff, but I couldn't. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They would be like, well, come on and go. I'd be like, no, I don't have nothing to wear. And she'd be like, oh, don't worry. I got you. I got you. So she would come to my house with all these clothes and stuff. And I'd be like, I don't know that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I think a part of it was pride. Right. Yeah. yeah. Could have been. Yeah. You know, I didn't. And, and, I, and, and you know, I'd be like, okay, so when we get out, she's like, well, don't worry about it. I got you. And there would be actually times when I would go out and I would be okay because I had, and I'm like, no, I got it. Or I would try to be like, because, you know, they were always, well, we got it. I was like, okay, this time it's on me. No, 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 no. Let me, right? Let me do right. it. I know we right. got into it one time. I said, look, if I say I got it, exactly. You got it. Exactly. Let me, because I want to feel like, you know, I just, and I, like I said, I think maybe it was why, because I didn't always want to feel like a charity case. There you go. There you go. Not a problem, a charity case, right? There you go. I didn't want to feel like that. And that's how, that's what I felt like at times where, like a big old charity case. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can understand that. Yeah. So I want to ask again about pieces of me. First, let me ask, do you have a release date set? Um, well, I'm looking at May 15th. Beautiful. May 15th. So to be available. <laughs> so, right. I was trying to be honest. I was trying to have it released this month. Uh-huh. I kept going back and I kept, I am the reason I hold up because I just kept feeling like, cause like I said, I was looking for the older poems because I really wanted it to be a real reflection. Because okay. There was a period of time when I did stop writing and then I picked it back up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I kept thinking it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. And so I guess God was like, I'm going to have to show you that what you have is enough because I was on Amazon and I was, you know, I have a Kindle. So I go and download books to read and stuff. So I ran across somebody else's um, 
book and it was a book of poetry. So I was like, mm, it looks interesting. And I wanted to read it. So I, you know, do the sample first. And so I look at it and the book itself is maybe like 55, 60 pages long. Oh, okay. Like, oh, okay. So yeah, because yeah, a lot of pages. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's kind of short, right? Yeah. And I've seen poetry books that are two, three hundred pages long, mm-hmm. 15 mm-hmm. chapters. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, God, I hear you. So I guess I needed to see, you don't have to have no 300 page book of poetry in order to be effective or get the word out. So I said, okay, let me stop. Let me go back and just proof it, do the edits and get it out there. And I thought, you know, cause like I said, I thought what better time to have it released than natural Port- National Poetry Month. Right. Me and my own hang. I was like, no, it's not enough. I'd even started asking, you know, other people that I know write poems. Well, do you want to include some of your poems in my book? And my girlfriend had to tell me, she said, no. <laughs> right. She said, because your it's book. book. Why are you right. including other people in your book? Because I wanted more, right? Oh. And that's just what she said, but your book is titled Pieces of Me. Right. That's about yeah. you. you. Yeah. <laughs> Good girlfriend. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good girlfriend, you're right? He was like, "Wake up!" <laughs> right, it's about you, girl. And, it's, and all I was thinking, because I had even put in the, um, the forward and stuff, I said, you know, all poems were expressly written by me, except where otherwise noted. Because I was like, I, I got to have more. I got to have more. I got to have more. So it, it was in that spirit of wanting to have more that delayed me okay okay yeah people are very creative with books these days they're not very long anymore you have to think too in our in our society today everybody wants everything in 140 characters you know like twitter Mm -hmm. like just quick hits um people don't have a large attention span but there are people that are doing some very creative things i've seen some books where it's it's a, a shorter book some type of anthology but incorporated in the book is some journaling Mm, okay. And, you know, and because of the journaling that's included, the self-reflection people are able to do after they read some of it takes the book to 100 pages or whatever, you know, it right. doubles the, the length of the book. There's a lot of that going on. The people are making money off of it. Mm-hmm. So just some food for thought for you. For some yeah. fu- look for your future work, maybe for your next book. Thank I'm you. already <laughs> your next that's book. That's right, come on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, yeah, that's what it was. And so, um, you know, and I, I had to get real. Um, there were some truths that I had to um, expose in, in the form of creativity. And a lot of it, like I said, the catalyst with my change was my daughter. And, and what I began to notice and realize was that the moment I started talking about what happened to me as a child and what I went through and things, the moment I called the thing a thing, what it was, because for so long, um, I was in denial. Mm-hmm. But the moment I started calling a thing a thing and talking about it, mm-hmm. something inside of me began to happen. Yes. I, I, inside out, I began to to change I began to not be so angry and it was almost as if just letting go of all of that by speaking on it and talking on it that was a relief 
and I began to grow. Mm. So mm. I love it. That's it right there. That That's freedom. Right there. That freedom. Yeah. Forgiveness play a role in your way to healing. Yes. And the big the person that I had to forgive the most was me. Absolutely. And, yes. And it's, and it's hard. Where it starts. It's still hard because um, I did the most offense to myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, and just not doing and not being still long enough. And okay, so. The moment I brought children into this into this world, mm-hmm. the moment somebody said to me, you're going to be a mother, knowing everything that I went through, knowing all of the junk that I had in my backpack, I should have reached out for help at that moment. But I was still in denial, so I didn't. And I think back now, and I think, because I barely beat my children. I did a lot of screaming and yelling, but I knew, mm-hmm. I, was, I, knew I had this anger in me that was uncontrollable to a point. Mm-hmm. I never hit my kids for mm-hmm. fear that I would not be able to control my anger. Oh. Mm. Wow. Yeah. wow. That it would just, because there was more of a rage than anything. Mm. Oh, I did a lot of yelling and screaming and I have a girlfriend that lives in Georgia. She's so, why you always do that yelling and screaming? You tell the kids stupid stuff like, I'm going to take your head off. You're not taking nobody's I remember those, I remember those days. I was blessed because like I said, I would, it could yeah. be a, I could go, why the floor? <gasps> and then in the next, you know, they the worst children in the world. I'm going to beat them. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Just talk. And then I would go in the room and slam the door. Mm-hmm. And, and what my daughters revealed to me a couple of months ago is that they would call each other. Like they might call and say, well, mommy's not in a good mood when you get home. Cause something mm-hmm. could work could, you know, I could come home and had a bad day at work and I mm-hmm. come door angry. So it, it was a lot. So once I, called it what it was and stopped being in denial and like you said your girlfriends helped you out a lot my girlfriends helped me out a lot too my core I have a core group and we've been Mm -hmm. since we were in the seventh grade so that's my core that's my base and of Mm -hmm. course we've all grown we have other kids and things um and they have other friends and I have other friends but they're my core and then that took that journey with me. I think if it had not been for them back then, I may not even be here. Wow. Wow. That's, that's deep. That's powerful. That is deep. Yeah. Because a is. support system is definitely needed. I mean, oh, yeah. Even if you didn't have that friendship, I would definitely encourage some type of support group mm-hmm. setting to help you through this you know whatever process that you need to process because i always say forgiveness and that goes back to the question why i asked mm-hmm. did you forgive because the forgiveness is a decision mm-hmm. the healing part that's a process mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. that so is that's true gonna, 
that's going to take some time. And the fact that you had a group of people, a group of women to help you through that process, that's very important Mm -hmm. that they were there for you. Would you, would you share an excerpt from Pieces of Me with us? Of course I can, um, I will do this one and it's called, and it's called My Life. Okay. 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 I am a child of the most high God, a goddess, my natural birthright, conceived in sin, born in iniquity, covered by the blood, my life purposed and predestined for greatness. So I was born with the veil over my eyes and the bullseye on my back. And ever since I took my first breath, my life's been under attack, riddled with strife. Battling invisible oppressors, demonic spirits constantly applying pressure. And I'm not going down easy. Please believe me. I'm scratching and kicking every step of the way. And if you read between the lines, you'll hear some of the realish I have to say. There's something special about a person who overcomes everything meant to destroy them. But God. Even when I'm losing, I'm winning, I'm prolific. And Satan's failed attempt to destroy me. He made me wicked, standing on God's words with the faith of a mustard seed armed with an arsenal of adjectives and adverbs. It is written, God purposed it, so shall it be. And I'm coming for everything the devil tried to steal from me. All right. Amen. All right. Girl, let the church say amen. 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 Yes. I felt that. That's beautiful. Thank you. Please do an audio book because you have that voice as well. Please do an audio. You oh my God. That's your that's your next step. When your book comes out, Uh you need to do an audio version of yourself reading those words because that. That's it, darling. That's it. Yes. 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 To hear the passion behind. Girl, when yes. she says, I am prolific, like it just, when I read that in her bio, like in your bio, it just gave me chills. I was like, you don't hear people say that. I was yeah. it just, hmm. So when you yes. said it, oh, yes, that is. I like when she said, I'm not going down easy. Honey, <laughs> believe me. I'm fighting. I'm kicking. I'm scratching. <laughs> You gonna get all of these with me when I'm going down. <laughs> I go, look, you gonna have a hard time. Like, that one was hard to put down. Okay, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Woo! They yes. gonna be like, shoo. <laughs> wow, that was real. Thank you. That was real, real. Thank you. We are looking forward to your book being released yes. May fifteenth. I'll yes. definitely be getting your book. We'll definitely be getting your book. We also, and I'll be in touch so we can figure this out too. Um, we are looking to give, do a giveaway of five of your books to um, our listeners. And listeners, here's what we're going to have you do. And I'm going to do another video so that you guys can, uh, or do a video to kind of remind you guys of what the, the parameters are. But all you have to do is leave us a message on Anchor where our podcast is housed and just leave us a voicemail message. And please use the title of Tanisa's book, pieces of me and tell us what you enjoyed about tonight's show and the first five people to do that will receive a copy of Tanise's book so very excited for you Tanise eager to read your book thank you absolutely 
And I hope I didn't make this, we didn't make this too sad because, you know, sometimes people want bubbly, bubbly, bubbly. You were yourself. Yes. And that is, this is a platform for us to be our authentic selves. So whatever we bring is what was meant to be brought. And it, whatever we talk about, it's going to help somebody, girl. Because that's oh, what we do. That's right. Yeah, that's one right. thing about always it. about even though we talk about the bubbly, it's not always bubbly right. situations. Right. We get serious when there's when there's time for us to be serious. And Absolutely. this was kind of a, like a it was it was serious subject, but we had fun with it. So it's not like it's you know people going to get out of it what we bring them. That's right. And I thought what you brought to them to the table is something that's worthy to be talked about. Thank you. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I agree. But her, the ending of her story, her story is not over yet. But no. at this point, it's the positive. We are, we've, she's yes. gotten through the darkness mm-hmm. to the God. positive. So the waiting for the transition to the next level. What's That's that? Right. What that look like? <laughs> like she said, it's going to help somebody because everybody has been through something. That's you right. know, even everything that you said even touched me, even though my past wasn't like yours, but still. It's an adversity that I got over. It's an adversity that you got over. Linda and everybody has adversities. And I think that's what we're trying to help people with is that you have adversities and there is a a life after it if you want it. It's totally up to you. You have one life to live. And if you want to be happy in it, it's up to you to be happy in it. No matter what it looks like. Exactly. And you got, and we got to try to teach our kids that because if they can't see happiness, if you're going to sit there in that gloom or sit there in, in all of that mess, what are you teaching them that what they, what are they going to do when they get somebody, they're going to sit in that same crap and that's not what you want to do. That's right. You want to change it. Change it. Stop Mm -hmm. all the generational curses. We want to break all of that. Break Break all that chain. We're going to break every chain. Right. That's why you want to be able to communicate. I'm not saying just totally lose all of the stuff we grew up with, but we need to modify it. That's We've right. got to modify it. That's true. Some of those old school things like, look, you're going to get your work done. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we ain't playing with that. Right. Get those Never chores not. done. That's you right. Know, you sneak out my house, you're going to get your tail beat. Okay. Mm-hmm. We got to keep some of that, that, that foundation right. in there. But we got it. We got to tweak it some because they even though they make they make the wrong choices, we got to be able to talk to them about say, look, well, why did you do? Why did you feel like you had to do that? Right. Right. So that we can move on. Right. And 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 and, and I try they need to make some wrong choices because that is sometimes that's the only way to grow. That's a given. They're going to do that. You know, you <laughs> and, and we're human. So, of course, by human nature, we're going to do that anyway. They're yeah. going to do that. So absolutely. Before we close out, Tenise, would you share with our listeners your socials, your contact information so they can keep up with you and your work? Okay. So um, again, like I said, we're, we're, we're fairly new. So, but um, let me give you my website. I have to get it out my phone. I have it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember it because you know, the it's all good. The URLs and all that other stuff. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh my gosh. But my website is passionate one and that's spelled P-A-S-S-I-O-N-A-T-I-O-P-A-S-S-I-O-N-A-T-E-O-N-3 dot Wix site 
dot com forward slash Tanise. That's my personal um, website um, for life, love, and, and all the above. It's www.lifeloveandabove.com. Um, our podcast is um, on YouTube. We do it um, every two weeks on Saturday. This was bi-weekly. And the YouTube is, um, I don't have the URL, but if you just, if you go to YouTube and you type in life, love and all the above will pop up. Right. I have a Facebook group called life, love and all the above on Facebook. And I also have a page on Facebook called life, love and all the above. Excellent. Excellent. And that's for the podcast. And We're going to locate you and make sure that we follow you on everything and okay. share also our information with you and we'll each be sending you friend requests also yes yeah, so please when you see my name pop up please accept my uh, um, invitation because i'm gonna be waiting for y'all to say we, i'm coming to dc we're coming to maryland so we can all get together yes yes the world opened up we ready yes. <laughs> That's right. Tell your daughter to make them drinks for us. That's right. <laughs> I want them pouches. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you again so much, Denise, yeah, for being our featured guest tonight. It was a true, true pleasure once well, again. Thank you for having me, and I appreciate the opportunity. And of course, I look forward to having all of you beautiful ladies on my show. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yes, we need to say so we can make yes. make it happen. Yes, ma'am. Yes. yes. And to our I'm listeners, there. thank you all for joining us tonight. Thank you all for listening. And remember, as you go through the rest of your week, please be sure to stay uncorked and wind down. Thank you That's for right. listening to Uncorked <laughs> Conversation. This podcast is co-hosted by Linda White. April N. Brown, Paulette Irvy, and Sarita Boston. It is produced and edited by April N. Brown. The music is by Ben Sound.